button ready. Well, that's how we start the show is Jim asking for the bleep button ready and welcome to this month's <laughs> first episode of the Wise Guy Sports Show here on the Big Recon on Sports Podcast. I am your host. I am the Big Recon. I am joined as always by my co-host of this show, the one, the only, the hockey-infused JC Blue Note, <laughs> Mr. Jim Crenitti. And James, our first Wise Guy episode was entitled What's in the Box? Because as I wear my Big Recon hat, which I do, by the way, all the time. Uh, I have since returned the favor. So I want to show everybody this first. I had the Big Recon logos, the four of you've seen, the Mets version, the Ohio State version, which you almost got, uh, the <laughs> the Browns version, the Cavaliers version. Yeah, you'd Hulk Hogan it. My... <laughs> so I want to show everybody, I am wearing the Mets version of it tonight. And I would like to thank um, No Time for Design is the name of the company that did these shirts. They also did, if anybody who follows me on Facebook personally, all the Baby Shark t-shirts for Bobby's first birthday. So I want to shout out to them. This was awesome. Uh, so, James, let's see what's in the bag, sir. First of all, the bag. I'll try and zoom out a little bit here. Notice I have the address label on the other side, thankfully. Now, he got this over the weekend, guys, and I made him wait. Yeah, um, the problem is the package pickup in my building doesn't actually send out notifications. So I was actually I was in constant contact with you to figure out when it was delivered because I didn't know if it was, if they were going to bring it to the envelope, at my, the, the Dropbox in my complex, or if they were going to bring it over to the package pickup. It's going to be nice because now I have bubble wrap to annoy you with for the rest of the show. I'd only be annoyed because I want to play with it, too. I just like want to go to Staples tomorrow and just buy a big roll and just spend the weekend popping it. Wait, have you seen the white and nerdy video by Weird Al? Oh, of course. Okay, we're going off topic real quick because the movie comes out soon. Yes. So let's see what's in the bubble wrap there, sir. Oh, that is sweet. This is the first time anyone's going to see this. This is the Big Reek and Cleveland Cavaliers logo. Uh, so Jim and I, being Cavaliers fans, I figured this was the perfect one to grab him because uh, the Blocko, again, probably would have been burned in effigy in front of me. Um, the Browns one I had second thoughts on making. <laughs> um, so wear it with uh, whatever you want, buddy. Make sure you show it to your brother and everybody so they can start listening. Because that'd be oh, awesome. I actually think I think it's getting worn to the uh, to game night at Adams tomorrow night. Nice. That's I'd actually quality. put it on now, but it's but as you and I were talking just before we went on the air, it's eighty one degrees here right now. Yeah, it's kind of toasty here in upstate New York too. So, Jim, let's dive right in because we are going to have a special guest hopefully very soon. He's actually doing his show on the Shakeback Media site right now. Willie Epting Jr. will join us for a very special reason. We will not dive into that reason until Willie gets here because I think you and I are going to have diverging points of view on that. And I want to hear his take from someone who's on the outside looking in. And we know the topic we're talking about. We said we were going to mention it uh, with the last show that we did when it was on your show. And we kind of went a little crazy. A little. 
okay a lot although, so, although this is going to be very special because we've actually been trying to get willie on this show now for about three months the draft yeah, show fell through and just coordinate uh, you know schedules and everything didn't match up so this is going to be this is ironically enough going to be my first live interaction with willie so i'm very much looking forward to this and i gotta tell you he is one of the greatest dudes you ever meet Oh, he really yeah. Is. He and I are going to talk. It's he. He and I talked on Twitter earlier this week, and also with the group chats that you and I have with uh with Alex. What a good dude! Yeah. So Alex actually got the Mets logo one that I'm wearing tonight, because uh, the first gear I got from anybody I've done a show with, Alex actually sent me a, a row seven T-shirt a month about a year and a half ago. Uh, so you guys got that. The second run, I'm going to get Willie one. I'm going to get John, our buddy John one as well. Uh, but that's got to wait a little bit. So let's yeah, dive also, into some other stuff. Alex can actually wear a team that's winning right now. Sorry, Alex. Your your team's in the same division. I can poke fun. Yes, you can. But since we're talking about divisions, let's talk about the team that was the first to 21 wins in Major League <sighs> Baseball. Let's talk about the team that has still yet to lose a series on the year, and that is the first-place New York Mets. I want to dive in a little bit with you because I want to get an outsider's opinion. Um, they're doing this now. No Jacob DeGrom. They have the third lowest ERA in baseball. They are doing this with inconsistent performance from the middle of their lineup. Oh, by the way, Starling Marte's hitting like a 230, but he's got 20-some RBIs. Alonzo finally hit number eight the other day when he went two bombs on Mother's Day. <clears throat> As a fan... I am in a very good place. So I know you're not the biggest baseball guy, but you have told me some things you're keeping an eye on. Have you seen what they've been doing? Or have you been caught up in guardian fever, which now actually happened because they all have COVID, but. <laughs> wow. Listen, man, I'm not lying. You're not, you're not, but dude, I'm sorry. No, you're not. I'm really not. <laughs> At least I'm not doing what Naylor did the other night, which was epic. Yeah. He do that to yeah, White Sox? Yeah. Yeah. It's we we gotta talk about that here in a bit. So really, I just want to I want to get your opinion on something. Uh Lindor has hit marks in April and early May that he hit until late June last year in home runs and RBIs. Um more importantly, have you seen what Cookie's done? Yes, it's I actually have their I have their stats up right now. Um and just kind of going through it. It's just what you know, good for Cookie. It's uh Carlos Carrasco. Uh just with with everything that he's gone through over the last what three, four years. Um and just for him to be able to find his way, you know, you'd figure three and one in, in six appearances, 36.2 innings pitched. Uh, and a 3.19 ERA. I mean, those are really, really good numbers. I mean, just trailing the uh, just take, uh, trailing Scherzer the way that it is, and and of course, you know, Scherzer basically striking out the entire planet right now. Yeah, he's yeah, the he's, human funny cartoon. He really is. Um, let's see. Speaking of your former boy, two outs, man on third, bottom of the fifth. He is up with a chance to give the Mets a two to one lead. Um, lost James McCann today. I don't know if you saw that. I did not. Broken hamate bone, the old Jim Tomey injury. Wow. Six weeks. He had surgery this morning. Um, 
Apparently it's a fracture, so they just went in to stabilize it. But that's big. They called up a guy by the name of Patrick Mazika, who had two walk-off groundouts before he had his first big league hit. So there's that. <laughs> but I want to switch gears now because I'm going to do a Mets episode in the next few, I want to say few days, but it's probably not going to be till next weekend. Uh, if that, because <laughs> next Friday we're going to the Bronx Zoo. Bobby got tickets for his birthday. Nice. I'm going to be like laying in bed all day on Saturday. Yeah. That's a lot of walking. Plus it's the Bronx. Um, as my mother-in-law watches the Yankees in the room next door. So let's get to the Cleveland guardians. Let's get to a team that guess what? Mm, I thought they were going to be better than people thought they were. And Oh, look at this. Look at this out of left field, this team. I want to talk about that comeback against the Chicago White Sox the other night, what Naylor did, um, who, by the way, that's the kid that hurt the leg gruesomely last year, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. He's, a, you know, the, the Jason Kendall type injury. Yeah, because actually I was on with Willie that night with Natalie, who is the – got to have Natalie on because she's as angry at the Browns as we are. Uh, she's the SI writer for the, for the Indians. Natalie, yeah, it's, I'm yeah, sorry, the I, Guardians. I, I've seen Natalie's work. I'm a fan. Yeah, well, guess what? I need we need the swear jar because I just said Indians instead of Guardians. You get a pass. Okay, good. Like, like, like it, 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 we'll 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 do it like Black Jeopardy. You get one, you get a pass. Like the Tom Hanks episode. <laughs> that one and the T'Challa one are my two favorites. Um, yeah, yeah. So Although I want to dive. Thing that's watchable about that show anymore is Weekend Update. Yeah. They need to bring back the NPR skits. They do. They do. Yeah. So I want to dive into this team a little bit with you, and then I want to get to uh, one of the other inhabitants of that town. Um, What did we guess wrong with? Is the pitching coming through, or is this lineup more potent than people thought they were going to be? With everything that happened with this pitching staff last year, you know, Bieber uh, being in and out uh, and, and really out for most of the year, um, and then just be uh, just having to rely on a bunch of uncertainties, namely namely Tristan McKenzie, uh, with, the, with the offense, I think it's more so the offense coming around because, you know, we knew that they had – we knew that they had the potency, but, you know, could we really take – did we really know that Miles Straw was going to latch on this quick? Did we actually know that Quantumania was actually going to jump off the page? Owen Miller starting to come around, uh, you know, and and very, very quickly, Bobby Bradley is, is now kind of the odd man out there where he was originally thought to be the heir apparent at first base. Rewind. I want to go to Quantumania because this dude – is legit. I enjoy there. There are a few players that I pick from other teams that I want to see what they do because I enjoy it. Quantomania is one of my favorites. I love Shane Bieber. I love Tristan McKenzie. Of course, my heart is out there too, and I love Tito. But look, man, this dude out of nowhere, out of nowhere, he is so good. He's still hitting 298 after cooling off. Yeah, you're hitting 300 after cooling off. That's Tony Gwynn type stuff. Not that I'm right. saying he's Tony Gwynn, 
But I'm saying that's Tony Gwynn type stuff. Let's see how it goes over the first the rest of the season. Right. Um, so in the AL Central, the AL Norris, if you will. <laughs> um can they make a run at this? I don't think so because um I think Minnesota is 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 you know way ahead and got the potency to stay there. I mean Minnesota's already up two nothing uh in that one in the second uh in Minnesota for the weekend series. Um they have the the guards have the highest run differential in the division right now, uh and, and are two back, but you know, they're playing seven and three ball, but they're probably the streakiest team in baseball right now. Win mm-hmm. a series, get swept, win two out of three against Toronto, you know, uh, uh, w- play well against the White Sox. Who knows what will happen because they never play well up in, in Minnesota, especially at Target Field. I say, does that been a thing since Target Field opened? Because I can remember them going to the Dome when we were kids and just smoking that team. Oh, yeah. it's They always could. I think it's just something since Target Field opened. They cannot play well up there no matter how good they are. Mets had the same problem at Turner Field. Mm-hmm. They owned the launching pad in Fulton County, the, the original stadium. And then when they got to when they got to Turner Field, the Mets just couldn't win a series or save their life. Right. Uh Turner Field opening for the 2000 Olympics. It took the Mets six years to win a series in Atlanta, I'm pretty sure. Um, so yeah, I mean, this is I love the start by the guards. I really do. Um, I I think that they can I think they can get a, a shot at a wild card. Yeah, I think wild card is definitely within, you know, the possibility considering how watered down the American League is. But if you're if you're talking, I mean, I I interpreted your question a minute ago as AL Norris. It, I don't see that because I got a feel there's just something about me that thinks even as bad as they are right now, I think the White Sox are going to turn this around. Oh, I agree with you, and Alex will be happy that we think they will uh, when he listens. Having said that, could a game like the other night when they got to the White Sox late and Naylor, of course, drives in eight runs past the ninth inning, uh, was it the first time ever or the first time in so many years? First time ever. I'm going to lump that one in because it was the night after the Mets did that to Philadelphia that mm-hmm. you actually – Yep. If you have a minute, go listen to John Cruck and the guy, the Phillies play-by-play guy call the ninth inning. Yeah, it's that one I'm going to pull up. It's all, but I do, but you know, as, as good as any of that is, it, just John Boy's breakdown is just, it, it's, it's, it's the, it's the coup de grace. See, John Boy, I like because John Boy has a Shea, it's called Shea Station. It's a Mets podcast with Jolly Olive and one of my favorite Mets relievers of all time in uh, Jerry Blevins. Okay. So I actually listen to them and, I haven't listened to the episode on that. The last episode I listened to was when they threw the combined no hitter, um, a couple weeks ago against the, against the Phillies. Combined or not, and whatever you think of it, that was against a very, very potent Philadelphia lineup that had Schwarber, Harper, Rio Muto, and um, Castellanos in the lineup that night. Yeah, yeah, it you know and. Who who was it? Was it was it Cindergard that opened his mouth? Yeah, Thor doesn't know when to stop. And don't get me wrong, I love him. 
I really do. I honestly think that in his grand mind, he thinks he's going to go out there for a year, prove himself on the West Coast, and he thinks Steve Cohen's going to throw him a bunch of money next year. Well, guess what? If he did that, do you know what the Mets rotation would look like? Yeah. Scherzer, DeGrom, because they're going to re-sign Bassett, Cookie, and Noah Syndergaard. It's it's Please. it's the it's the Indians from the nineties or or it's or it's the or it's the Braves from the early nineties. It would be closer to the Braves only because the Indians from the nineties just did not have pitching. I mean, it, when you had to bring in Dennis Martinez and Oral Hershiser at the tail end of their careers. Okay, okay, it's a, a wrong a wrong era. Probably the Indians from you know last decade that had the Cookie and the. Um, CC and Cliff, Cookie, and, C. C. Cliff, but then graduated when they went to that other World Series with um, Captain Underpants and um, uh, <laughs> I hate him too. Uh, Kluber and, and, then, and then the guy Kevin out in LA we won't name. That's Captain Underpants. Okay, okay, um, I wasn't exactly sure. Come on. Um, oh, I saw on TikTok the other day. He does. He's throwing bullpens throughout all this. And someone said, hey, Trevor, I got a little analysis in your curveball. Stop choking it so hard. You you warned me that we were on your channel tonight, okay? I did, but I didn't – we didn't need the not suitable for work or the final <laughs> advisory there. I merely disseminated information that was on a censored platform because this guy is a very friendly for kids TikTok because all he does is baseball stuff. I heard that and I about fell. I was in the restroom. I about fell off. I, I was I was done. I was done. <laughs> so you see, he got two years. Yeah. He's only yeah. to serve one. That's it's still amazing that you know, an entire year for something non-PED related gone. Here's my question for you. Do you think Roger Goodell is going to jump on the bandwagon? That was the talk all over. How radio. bad would that be? I already, I have so much hate mail in terms of comments for what I actually posted on the official Browns Facebook um, about the schedule game. And I said, I said four and 13. I saw that. I'm pretty sure I liked it. Yeah, it's and that's just not being spiteful. That's just that's like, you know, we'll talk you about know, if, that. We'll talk about that in, a, in, in you know later in in the. I I, you know, I think that need no. I think that needs to be on the Memorial Day show on your page. Yeah, but the Memorial Day show for those of you, um, you know, unbeknownst yet, Mike and I came to an agreement that. Memorial Day weekend, either that Friday or that Saturday, we're going to actually do what? And there's his connection issue. So while Jim is frozen and not paying attention, we are going to do a Wise Guy show on Jim's page. Uh, the topics of conversation are going to be pretty different than what we normally do. Uh, let me look at this here. Wise Guy is made part. Your collection's going in and out, brother. You back with yeah. me? There you are. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Your connection for, went in and out. Yeah, for whatever reason, I think like the I think the router reset on its own. 
Oh, that's lovely. But at, uh, but anyway, it's uh, we're we're gonna talk on 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 my channel in two weeks. We're gonna talk very very little on topic. It's basically just gonna be two old friends just basically sitting back and 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 shooting the stuff for an yeah, hour. And, that, and that's gonna be fun because usually when we do the Wise Guy Show on my on my channel, or even if you're a guest on the the actual regular Big Recon Show, there's topics that we're gonna go over, and then we just kind of go from there. This is just going to be whatever's off the top of our head, which is going to be a lot of fun. Might get us in some trouble. It's, but it's on my channel, and I do have age restrictions on mine. I mean, we can, you, okay. know, you know, you know, I'm not going to do. It's not going to be as profanity laden as 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 last time. But it's you know, sit back, have a good time with the wise guys, crack open a cold one with the boys, and it's a uh, and and we're just and and we're just. You know, we're, we're going to talk our favorite sports memories. We're going to talk our favorite teams. We're not going to talk really. I think we're going to have maybe two topics the entire night. And then the rest of the show is just going to be us just, you know, having fun on the holiday weekend. Absolutely. And I got to tell you, Angry Orchard, hard cider, naturally gluten-free. Ching. I might have to check that out. Yeah. And they're actually from around here, believe it or not. They're up the road in uh, New York State Apple Country. What is going on with this today? That one was you, I'm, not me. Yeah, I know that one was me. I'm hooked up to the uh, to the extender, and it's sitting right next to me. Whatever that is. Anyways, yeah. So we touched a little baseball. I want to go back to part of the topic from the Wise Guys show on your page last, which. Not for nothing, everybody listening. We were pretty angry, and still, I, I still am. But I, I want to go back to what we were just talking about. If Roger Goodell does that and he jumps on, and uh oh, we're switching gears, Jim, because now we have the man, the myth, the legend. He is the brains behind the Shakeback Media Group. He is. The West Coast to our Midwest and East Coast brotherhood. Ladies and gentlemen, for the first time on the Wise Guys Show, Mr. Willie Epting Jr. Willie, welcome to the Lunacy, my friend. Man, what is going on? I appreciate you having me, Mike. What's going on, JC from the hell? <laughs> Look, Harry Nel uh, Harry, uh, uh, Melvin in the Blue Notes. What's going on? What's going on, Willie? It's an honor, man. We don't, Mike and I were talking earlier while you were doing your show. This is long overdue. We've been trying to get you on for months. Well, I'm glad to be here, man. I'm, I'm so glad that you guys have been uh, so very patient with me. Mike, you know how much love I got for you. Um, so, yeah, man, anytime I can, I can jump on, uh, I'm willing. Well, we, no are, <laughs> we are looking for your perspective on a unique question tonight. Now, this is something Jim and I have gone back and forth about, and we have had differing opinions, let's say. Mm -hmm. Picture was put up online the other day. Of course, LeBron is out of the playoffs, you being a Laker fan, which is why we want to bring you into this conversation. Picture was put up online. He's hanging out with his boy, K-Love. He always hangs out with K-Love in the offseason. What no one saw until someone zoomed in was Cavaliers major minority owner Steve Forbes was at this party that Kevin Love and LeBron James were at. Genie Bus is not happy. <laughs> Willie, is LeBron James going home again? Um, 
No, he's not. And the reason. Oh, shut up. <laughs> well, and, and the reason why I say no, that he's no, he's he's like here doing one of these. <laughs> well, the, the the reason why I say that is because if I'm not mistaken, he has another year on his deal, right? Correct. Okay, yes. that's the reason why uh, the Lakers are going to want Colin Sexton, Jared Allen, um, the rookie from USC that they picked. I mean, uh, from yeah, Evan Mobley. Evan yeah. yeah, they're gonna want him. They're gonna want uh Darius Gar- they're gonna want a combination of three to four of those players, along with a couple of throw-ins for LeBron James. Do you think that the Cleveland Cavaliers are gonna part with those dudes for a dude? I do just- not, but but let me ask you this. Uh-huh. Is his pending free agency after next season, is that a possibility? Yeah, now then, yeah, of course, then yes. So if we're talking about next year, no way. If we're talking about the year after that. Oh, I agree. Yeah. Okay. So now let's spin it. Let's spin it forward a year because uh, the Lakers are a mess. They yeah. are. They are a mess because of, um, because of Rob Palinka, and because of Jeannie Bus. Believe it or not, because Jeannie Bus, um, to to me, it doesn't. It's like having. A person that's that that's there that's interested but not committed. And she's the owner. So I know there's a level of commitment that's there, but I don't know. It's just it just doesn't feel right as a Laker fan. So if you we spin this thing to 2023, 2024, is that the right year? Yeah, yeah. He's, he's got 44 on his deal next year, and then he's a UFA after next June. Unrestricted free agent. That's big. Okay, and then he'll be 39 years old. Correct. Does Cleveland want a 39-year-old LeBron James? I wouldn't. If if you put it, and Jim and I have talked about this, and I think this is where the Cavs would have leverage. First of all, the biggest part of him coming home the first time was that letter. Uh, and did you, did you ever read that, Willie, the one he wrote in 2014? Uh, I'm sure you have. I don't remember reading it. but All um, right. Now, as two people who have ties to the land, that gave you goosebumps. I mean, it, it honestly did. I still read it. To, to, I still have the Sports Illustrated that they did where they published it. And I read it every now and again. And that it gives me goosebumps. Because then I remember being at a game in 2015. I remember sitting there watching the 2016 finals and watching the greatest comeback in NBA history. And then the two other runs to the finals where it took a, a hired assassin by the biggest little girl in the league. Um Draymond, uh, to beat that Cavaliers team. I thought you were going to say KD. Um, no, but it wasn't KD who was in the parking lot crying in his beer, calling him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can't he went to Michigan State too? So you already know I don't like him. Right. Um. So would I take LeBron if he had an understanding that this is not the Mike Brown? Cleveland Cavaliers. This is not the David Griffin Cleveland Cavaliers. This is the Kobe Altman. What's the new GM's name? Good question. I don't know. I can't think nope. of it. I was going to say Mike Chernoff, but that's the that's the GM of the Guardians. So Kobe Altman's running this show. J.B. Bickerstaff is a very good coach. And had they not had the injury just absolute decimation toward the end of the year, you're Mike talking Andy. about this. Mike Ganty, you're talking about the three seed in the Eastern Conference. 
That's how good they were. Mm -hmm. Would I take a LeBron James that understands, bro, this is your last hurrah. You may start because you are better at the three than someone we have, but this ain't your team. Homeboy running the point. If they keep Colin Sexton, the guy running the two, the big fro in the middle, it's their team. You're a piece. We think you're the piece that brings another championship to Cleveland. I can stomach that, James. <laughs> the adverse, please. <laughs> I could. That would be the only way that I'm on board with this at all. It's a, but here's here's the problem that I have. He's going to be 39 years old, as as Willie said. The Cavs are 35 million over the cap. He's going to be 39 years old. He's still going to be a top at the very worst, the top 20 player in the world, how much are you going to pay him? And, oh, yeah, there's the elephant in the room that if he's on the roster, whose roster spot is he going to take up? And are they going to have to give up a second one for his kid? Hmm. See, yeah, that's, the question – That's what nobody's talking about. See, well, you and I talked about it a little bit because Briefly. that's like – because even when he was there the last time, uh, in 2018, his final season, people were starting to talk about, oh, wait till he comes back and Bronny's with him. No one saw them building this roster this way. But no one's. But but how much control are they going to have, even if they get LeBron? How much control will they be able to actually have in getting uh, Bronny? It all depends on how they build this core over the next couple of years. But they they would have to. I mean, but Bronny is going to be probably a lottery pick. And that's what I'm saying. I don't think they if if what we see with the growth of this team and the growth of Lori Markinen and Isaac Okoro and Evan Mobley, see, I am a Cavs fan. I know all these names. Uh, <laughs> and Garland and Sexton, which I hope they don't have to make a choice. Um will Karis Levert stay? Right. This is a deep, deep team. There's one more name you actually forgot. They got to actually make a decision on Kevin. Yeah. Because he's a he's I don't a think, after next year. I don't think Kevin is there if they're going to go after LeBron again. Oh, so in two years, Kevin Love is a unrestricted free after, agent. Same year, LeBron's a free agent. K-Love's a free agent. Yeah. The, the, if they have to make a choice, that's going to be an easy choice. It's going to be LeBron. As much as – listen – Cleveland people love loyalty, and K-Love showed us some serious loyalty when everybody left and ran out the building, and he signed a big deal to stay. Yeah, um, that's so, yeah, I wanted, I wanted a Lakers fan's perspective on that because, yeah, they were a hot mess this year, dude. Yeah, and when you think about Russell Westbrook <laughs> <laughs> and the $47 million that will be owed to him if he – foolishly decides to opt out um it's gonna be a hank and he's not gonna opt out he's not he will be i mean like amazingly stupid to opt out of 47 million dollars because he ain't getting that nowhere else um and they're not and you you're not going to be able to trade that contract so he's basically handcuffed the lakers for the next three years essentially i said this is what i say you're not gonna. You're not. You could. You can move LeBron James, but he's gonna command a haul back. And for him to be moved this offseason or at the deadline in in February, 
it's going to take a massive haul to get what the Lakers are going to feel to be equal compensation or at least relatively equal compensation. So the, the Lakers, I believe, should move away from Anthony Davis. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I like that, Willie. I'm going to tell do. you why. I'm going to tell you why. I can't believe we're all on the same wavelength, by the way. Yeah. Anthony Davis, dude, is a um, easily a top 10 talent. Okay. But the best ability is availability. I don't care how much talent you got. It don't do no good if you're in the hospital or if you are on the bench. So he's still relatively in his prime, relatively, if he can stay healthy. But a lot of that has to do with his off or his offseason workouts and conditioning, how he take care of, takes care of himself. But if he would just – if the Lakers can move off from him and get – I don't know. I would love to have Bradley Beal with LeBron James next year. Ooh. Um, and then it's LeBron James's fault that DeMar DeRozan is not in Los Angeles as opposed to being in Chicago because he wanted Westbrook over DeMar DeRozan. He wanted Westbrook over Buddy Heald from Sacramento. Or he's not even with Sacramento. Yeah, he is. Um, so, go ahead. I don't think anyone saw Russell falling off like this. I mean, you, if, if LeBron had a crystal ball, you know dang well DeMar DeRozan would be in yellow and in gold and purple. No one saw Russ doing this. But he, but here's the thing though, Mike. They're the same kind of player. LeBron and 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 Westbrook are the same type of player in the fact that they both have to have the ball. They have to. Yeah, and but the difference is LeBron may be ball dominant, but LeBron is still I've said this to you before, and I think I've said it to Jim, and I said this when he came out. LeBron is the second coming of Magic Johnson. Never mind Michael Jordan. LeBron right. was put here to be a 6'9 point guard. Right. So as ball dominant as LeBron has to be, he's willing to pass the ball. But Russell Westbrook, West, Russell Westbrook is not. And, and I, I'm not going to say that he's not, but when you have a playmaking point guard like, like Magic Johnson, LeBron James, or whoever – you got to surround yourself with shooters. Russell Westbrook shot, what, 23% from three-point range? And his mid-range game is going. And his athleticism is starting to wane. And he is the most athletic point guard that we have ever seen in this league. I have anyway. So when that starts to go and you don't work on your shot, dude, you, you're nothing but a shell of yourself. And you're, you're kind of self-checked. That's why he got benched so many times in the fourth quarter. Could be worse. He could be Ben Simmons. I'm ben sorry. Simmons. Ben Simmons. That's another. That's another debacle in itself. Wait, Jim, are you digging a grave? Yes. <laughs> I mean, that guy. That guy. I mean, mm, mm, mm. and for people who have said that Ben Jim, Ben Simmons is a jump shot away from LeBron James, I will slap them in their face. <laughs> okay. Okay, I will say this: He may be a jump. He may be. He may not be a jump shot away from LeBron James. But let's talk about all the other things he's not far away from LeBron James on. Like you know, oh wait, no, he does play much. Mm. He's selfish. Mm. He thinks he can play defense, but he checks somebody who's seven inches shorter than him. 
Um, am, am I getting close on Ben here? Yeah, there's a lot more. Keep going. Uh, he'd rather play with Kyrie than Joel Embiid. There's a stupid trait. Um, Jim, you want to help me out here, bud? He's he's very, very quickly approaching in terms of like number one overall picks. He's quickly, in my perspective, he's more Michael Olawa Candy than Kyrie Irving. Oh, well, well wait. But wait a minute. We have injury issues. He could be Greg Oden. Yes, that was the other name I was I was kicking around for a minute. But you knew he, I was tossing out the Buckeye. But does he really have injury issues? Apparently, he, they opened up his back the other day. Yeah. Okay. I can tell anybody that what that that's what happened. Oh, I know. He hadn't, he hadn't played any basketball in over a year. Well, what do you expect? Year. His best teammate's a flat earther that went to Duke. Who's losing his shoe contract? Is he really good for really? him? That's according to the according to reports that are coming across within the last couple of hours. Nike is on the verge of not renewing Kyrie's shoe contract because of his uh, because of his availability in terms of the fact that he will not get vaccinated in the state of New York, which means he's not going to be playing upwards of forty games a year. Well, and Nike just... is not and Nike is not going to produce a shoe for a guy who only plays thirty games a year. Well, yeah, well, they, they lifted that though. So unless New York lifted that for yeah, the athletes, yeah. But that, here's a problem. But he's also injury problem. New, here's here's the other problem. My county in New York starting to spike again. So let's see what happens. Right. Um. So, Willie, I want to go down another rabbit hole with you. Um. With you, Natalie, and I touched on this briefly on opening day. Um. Mm-hmm. And it's not baseball related. I will do a big week in baseball show where you, me, and Alex will dive in. Okay. Um, I can't swim. That's our. T- <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I okay. can't. Okay. Okay. I'll be quiet. I'll so, be quiet. No, no, Willie. Trust me. This show is where you can do things like that. <laughs> so, Willie, I want to go down a rabbit hole. The rabbit hole that Jim and I spent a profanity laced tirade. On our show, on his nuts, his he even had the parental advisory explicit lyrics thing on the episode. We went in on the biggest debacle that is in the NFL. And if Jim and I are talking about it, you know what we're talking about. <sighs> I'm not so going to do the wanna, impression. I, I'm going to give you my issues with this move. On field, I don't want to talk about the off field stuff because I wasn't there. I don't know what happened. I know 230 million will buy a lot of fentanyl lace pudding pops, but that's not the point here. Mm-hmm. The Cleveland Browns handed 230 million dollars to a guy who, when he's not playing in a dome or under a retractable roof, is a five hundred quarterback they handed 230 million dollars to a guy who the first snowflake he saw in his life was and he reported to berea oh i just punched my closet when he reported to berea in april in northeast ohio they handed 230 million dollars to a guy who's a 500 quarterback outside of a building and he is guaranteed 11 games outdoors every single season and did you see that the browns close in pittsburgh this year in january 
Yes, I did see that. Here is my question to you, sir. What kind of glue is Jimmy Haslam sniffing? And why do you take a team that was an injured quarterback away from a Super Bowl run and hamstring your franchise for the next five years? The Kool-Aid is strong, my brother. Um, <laughs> wait, wait, don't say that. That could get us in trouble. <laughs> okay. Uh, the power aid is strong, my brother. Okay. I don't, I, 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 I don't know. You figured uh, Jim Jones, Jimmy Haslam, you know. It's, it's oh, okay. I get where something. he's going. I get it. Okay. See, saved it. Yeah. Thank so, you. So look at it from this standpoint. Because the owners or the brain trust of the Browns could be like, yo. The grass is greener on the other side, but is it? Um, Deshaun Watson is a better quarterback than Baker Mayfield. Agreed. Agreed. That's it. He's a better but here, quarterback. But here's my problem with it. Ask Jim. I acquiesce that point. He is a better quarterback than Baker Mayfield. I get it. He's already quit on one team when it didn't go exactly the way he wants to. Wait, wait, no, no, you can't. That's not fair now. That's not fair. He said he, was, he, said he wasn't going to play another snap, and then all the stuff came out. Right. After they traded DeAndre Hopkins, he said he wasn't going to play another snap. Mm-hmm. And then all the stuff came out. He didn't play last year for two reasons. One, he told him he didn't want to play there anymore, and two, everything came out. Right. My question to you then is this. If this goes the same way, what circle of down below are the Cleveland Browns going to end up in with the salary cap implications that come with this contract? Oh, my gosh. You think it's bad with having Baker on the hook for almost $19 million this year and them not being able to get rid of him? They can't cut him. They can't trade them. I mean, they could. It's terrible. Huh? It's terrible, but this contract is why they can't trade him. Yeah and no. I mean, Baker kind of – look, I, I, I actually like Baker Mayfield. I think, he's, here. I think he's a decent enough quarterback to take your team – I mean, because he's shown it to us. Um, but I think the Browns – have gone from the, the the frying pan straight to the fryer because I think they were fed up with Baker's off-the-field antics. Um, but then they bring in a guy that's got 20-some-odd sexual assault cases pending civilly. And they have a lot of explaining to do because they have essentially said that we are siding ourselves with a guy that's got all of this baggage off the field, but you are siding with this other guy that has not only a baggage, he has an airplane filled with baggage that, he, that, that he's landing at, what is it, First Energy Stadium? Like, like right in the middle of the field. So the fact that I think, I think the Browns may have made a mistake when they picked up the, the fifth-year option for Baker Mayfield, but they did the right thing by not extending him like they did, like other teams did with their quarterbacks. 
Well, let me let me. Somebody brought this up on on local Cleveland sports talk, and I'm glad that you brought that up, Willie. We talk about the contract being five years, two hundred thirty million. Um, I'm sorry, that's that's technically inaccurate. The the contract is five years, two hundred fifty million. Because not only are you paying Deshaun. 230 you still got to figure out what the hell you're doing with the 20 million that you're owing baker mm-hmm. now and i said this to jim before and this was my plan and if i was the gm of the browns what i would have done you picked up baker's fifth year option after the season he was healthy and after the season he was productive i mean i don't know of a team that wouldn't take 3528 and 6 every day of the week because yeah. that was his numbers in 2020 very good numbers Okay. We all, and you hate the Chiefs, so you'll agree with me on this. They're a bad call about a helmet-to-helmet hit away from going to Buffalo and slapping them around and going to the Super Bowl. That was a helmet-to-helmet on Hollywood. We all know it. The Chiefs played dirty. You agree with me. Got the Raiders hat on right now. Mm -hmm. But here's what I would have done with Baker after last year. Because we all know if Baker would have gotten this team to a Super Bowl, he was getting paid. Right. Okay. So. Flacco. We. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the difference is people in Cleveland like Baker. Um, the plan I had after last season would have been this. Sit him down. You're going to play next year. You're our guy. We will not extend you till after the season. There will be no discussions. There will be nothing until the final gun of the final game this team plays. So if he goes out and has a season like he did in 2020 with the extra game, you're talking probably 38, 3,900 yards. 30 to 32 touchdowns, 6 to 10 interceptions on a run-first team. Then I sit him down in the offseason. I go, hmm, your boy Brady took less to keep a Super Bowl winner together. Here's 28 a year for the next five years. Here's a signing bonus that we'll start paying you the day you retire until you're for 20 years on. You're financially set. Yes, it's the Bobby Bonilla contract, but hear me out. <laughs> Thank you. That's the first thing I thought of when you said it, bro. Shut up. Listen, man, the Braves are still paying Bruce Suter. Um, and if he says no to that, the Browns come out of this smelling like a rose. But then they have their draft capital. And then you trade two first-round picks after you've picked up a wide receiver at 13 this year. Last time I checked, there's a pretty good quarterback down Route 71 in Columbus who's going to come out after next season. So then you get try. five years... Then you get five years of C.J. Stroud under a controllable cap number, and you build that team around them and do basically what Seattle did with Russell Wilson. And you come out smelling like a rose. My only problem because Jacksonville is going to get the number one, and they don't need a quarterback. Right. My my only problem with that though is how are you going to really be able to control that C.J. Stroud is going to be able to land in your lap? There's too many. You trade. You trade for the number one. You trade for the number one. Okay. So you send your two first-round picks you saved by not making this deal to whoever. you Your first-round pick in 23, your first-round pick in 24, and lower stuff in one of those two years. There's not a GM on the planet that's trying to build a roster that would say no to that. But here's another variable too, Mike. What happens if Strauss says, ah, ah, I'm going to stay another year? Draft a kid from Alabama. Bryce Young. Yep. Hmm. A more athletic Baker Mayfield. Stronger arm Baker Mayfield. No, Baker's got a cannon. 
He's still got the longest. He's still got the longest throw in NFL history. The Hail Mary at the end of the half against Baltimore in the game of the year two years ago traveled 76 yards in the air. Okay. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. But and you're but you're if you're basing what you saw last year on him, he was injured. There was every single quarterback guy said, um, yeah, this is what's doing this. And I don't know why they the only reason I think they played him, they set him up. Yeah. I like conspiracy theories. I'm not a conspiracy theorist, and I don't believe in QAnon, but that's neither here nor there. But I do I, I do like discussing these types of things because of the what if factor. You know, what if you know what if um Devontae Adams had decided to to stay in Green Bay? You know, what if what if Tyreek Hill uh would have taken the offer that the Chiefs gave him because they traded him because he wanted more than what they were willing to give him. Yeah. So the the thing that annoys me more about this is that Jim and I lived through them leaving. Jim and I lived through them coming back and being an aberration of what one of the proudest, and they may not be Super Bowls, but they have eight league championships of what one of the proudest and winningest franchises had to go through to get to the point that they were at going into the 2021 season. We waited a long time. I mean, Jim even followed him to Baltimore and was a Ravens guy. Mm. Topic for another show. Mm. <laughs> we'll cover that in two weeks. Yeah, we'll talk about that Memorial yep. Day. Um, I think what annoyed me more about it is two things. One, this was a move made by the owner. This was not the guy, Andrew Barry or Stefanski, who put this team together. This was Jimmy Haslam. He's the same guy who wanted Johnny mm. when they could have had somebody else. You love Johnny. He's from your neck of the woods. I don't have a problem with Johnny Manziel. Oh, I don't either. I find him hilarious. Mm-hmm. Did you like him coming out of college? Just off topic. I mean, I didn't think he would be what he was in college. I didn't think that he was worthy of a, a first round pick. Um, just being in this area and the way that he was uh, chronicled in terms of his off the field stuff, and I knew it wasn't going to last. But okay. now he's throwing now he's throwing footballs to T.O., So what can you say? Is he really? Yeah, he's in the fan control league. With T.O. That's awesome. Good for him. Good my for him. Brother, my brother's into that. You know what the thing is? I was in Cleveland the night Baker took the field against the Jets. I was at my sister's house. You know, South Euclid, Fade Drive, right off of Trubisky there. Yep. Jim. I was 20 minutes from downtown. I left the next morning or the next afternoon to go see Dwayne Haskins play against Tulane at the Horseshoe. Mm-hmm. Um. That's your Baker story. I was there the day he got hurt against the Texans in the opener last year, so I apologize. That's okay. You can put that on me. It, no, dude. No. No. I put that on Baker for throwing a stupid pick and trying to tackle the guy. No, I actually, the more, if you go back and look at it, the receiver quit on the route, and that's why the ball got underthrown. They had a bunch of them that did that last year, but that's a 
film episode for another time. Right. I had never been in a city that's pulse changed in that moment. He jogged on the field, dude, and you felt the electricity in the eastern suburbs. And when he came on, I mean, he was zinging the ball. He had zip. He played hard. He People were telling quarterbacks in that draft not to go to Cleveland. He's like, bring it. I will play. I will do whatever I can to help you win. And this guy, because if you're going to blame the quarterback for everything, you then got to do the opposite. And he wasn't. He had a talented roster. He's got the best backfield in the league. He had a great offensive line. He had all these things. But if you're going to blame him for everything, you got to give him all the credit. He brought them to the point where we honestly believed they were getting out of Kansas City with a W and onto the AFC Championship game. Mm-hmm. And then an injury plagued year, and you just turn on. I get it's a business, but I thought the team that represented that city that I love so much was better than that. And you'd also figure, and we've brought this up multiple times before, talking about this since the end of la- uh, since the end of the season, Mike. You know, yeah, they were a play or two away from going to the AFC Championship game, going up to Orchard Park. As bad as he played at times last year, they were still in the playoff hunt until the second last week of the regular season in that conference. And had a defense that gave up 28 points in the fourth quarter in L.A. and couldn't stop your boy Derek Carr just one time. You busted my chops that night. I'll never forget it. (laughs) (laughs) But... I mean, Willie, I think I think what it is is I understand it's a business. I get that. Mm-hmm. I've lived through Manny Ramirez leaving the Indians. I lived through uh, Daryl Strawberry leaving the Mets. I get it's a business. This felt personal to me by the front office and the coaching staff towards him. Mm-hmm. Because as much as Andrew Berry wanted to say that he told Baker, listen, I'm gonna, we're going to try and upgrade the position. You're our guy. You were out on this dude until you promised him $230 million. Because let's, never mind the contract, let's cut all the garbage. He didn't go there for Amari Cooper or Nick Chubb or Kareem Hunt. He went there for $230 million signs and let's be done with it. All guaranteed. That's what it is. And that's why Baker hasn't been traded yet. There have been, Schefter's in on it. Um, Rappaport has said it. Uh not um, not Fowler. The other one from ESPN, Mortensen. Uh, there are no NFL owners willing to do the Browns a favor because of the contract they handed Deshaun Watson. Because now, Kyler Murray is going to ask for this kind of contract. Don't be shocked if Allen or somebody else wants to renegotiate their deal. Mm-hmm. They have hurt the entire market. By trying to do what the media told them to do. God, I didn't even when think you, of that. When you had a guy who, when he was healthy, got you to the playoffs and was and played well. Mm-hmm. He exercised the demon in Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh he played well against Lamar Jackson every time out, too. He never lost to Cincinnati and Joe and Joe Nasty. Yeah, but in in that defense, it's uh you know they were they were Cincinnati was garbage the first year, and then you know they always play play Cincinnati well, even That's when Cincinnati was good. Out. 
Yeah, it's a battle of Ohio. Throw it out. So I, I guess that's what gets me on it, man. And now you guys just signed Derek Carr to a big contract. What's your feeling on that? I like it. I'm I think you, you would. I'm going to tell you why. This is, of course, before anybody knew that Devontae was coming. But who's out there better that you're going to get? Who's better? Marcus Mariota, you going to give him a deal? You going to trade for Matt Ryan? Carson Wentz? Who, and he's in the building. Yeah, and, and who actually the Raiders were embroiled, for the lack of a better word, in rumored trade talks to get Derek Carr to the Colts. I don't know for who, but he was going he was gonna go to the Colts. Really? Yeah. Yep. See, I liked Baker there, uh, but I, I honestly think that Baker Mayfield will end up with the Seattle Seahawks. Regardless of how many times Pete Carroll wants to deny it. And here's why. I saw something funny today. Uh, it said top stories of the NFL in the first three weeks were uh, Russell Wilson torches uh, Jamal Adams for five touchdowns in week one. Yeah, I saw that too. That was hilarious. Juju and Patrick Mahomes' brother come together to do TikToks at the at the 50-yard line. And week three was Seattle trades for Baker Mayfield after Drew Locke throws five picks. And then week five, it was uh, DK Metcalf – uh, and his dad go on uh, go online and start trashing Stop Baker. Hmm. I saw the graphic. I saw it about twenty minutes before uh, we logged on. That made my night. Hmm. So, because it had a storyline for every week of the season. That was great. Last question on football. I know I want to jump to something else quick. Um, was Odell Beckham's production with the Rams because Cooper Cup is a better wide receiver and people were double teaming him, or is he still an elite guy? <laughs> you want me to go? <laughs> what? You want me to go? Oh, no, that's directed directly. I know what Jim's answer is. He loves Cooper. He's a Rams guy, too. Okay. Wait a minute. You're a Browns and a Rams guy? It, uh, I was actually a Rams fan before I was a Browns fan. Just okay. something about he that blue Everett. Shut up. Jim I've Everett, warned, man. I've, war I've warned you about that. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> That's okay, man. That that made Jim Rohn's career, man. That whole thing. He he wouldn't be anything if it wasn't for that. Um, I is, know. <laughs> is Odell Beckham Jr. still elite? Um. I don't think Odell Beckham Jr. has been elite since he left New York. Not elite, uh -huh. no. Not elite, no. What he is is very, very, very good. Yes. But we will see after a second torn ACL yeah. if he's even still very, very good. See, and the thing is, I, I, I don't like the way he got out of Cleveland. I had a real problem with it. But you don't ever wish that, especially on that stage and how good of a game he was having. Oh, if he, uh, if he in he that game, pull that thing out. He's, he he rips the Super Bowl MVP and he runs away with it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he was having a great night, and and, it, and I was sitting here watching it, and of course, I only really watched it for the halftime show, um, because that was amazing. Uh, he, I was happy for him. 
you want to see guys you like to watch play do well. And I was, I was happy for him. Um, so Willie, we started the show talking about our guardians and our Mets. And I have to say, thank you so much for Chris Bassett and Starling Marte. And hmm. don't thank me. Uh, listen, Marte has been as good as advertised. Are you surprised he's still playing right field? Not at all. He can play really. Those, he can play any of those positions out there. Didn't he win his Gold Glove in Pittsburgh in left field? I'm not sure. I I, I don't remember. Yeah, I don't know. I'm sorry. I was checking the score in the Met game. One one Mets against Seattle. Um, yeah, I'm checking the NHL playoff games myself. Hey Jim, did you happen to see what the uh, the Mets did the other day? I did. In, yeah, in releasing yeah, Robinson Cano. Down my throat for an hour. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> the release of Robinson Cano. Oh, yeah, I saw that. I saw that too. And immediately I thought back to what we talked about on opening day. <laughs> well, it was actually, yeah, it was opening day. Yeah. I and the Padres just signed him that. earlier tonight, didn't they? Are you serious? Yeah, for, according to ESPN, the Padres signed veteran Cano to add spark to offense. Wow. That's not going to help them or him. No. Well, no, I don't think it will because Petco Park is like um, – It's built for right-handed power hitters. Yeah, but it's it's a pitcher's park, though. In the gaps, it is. If you, I mean, Bartolo hit his home run there. I mean, I don't know how much of a pitcher's park you got. That Bartolo was, Colon's going deep. Anomaly. You come on now. You know that wouldn't that, that, that Petco Park is a pitcher's park. You know, it's been six years since that happened already. Six years. How does he now like sixty? Yeah, I think. Yeah, he's the modern day Satchel Page. No, um, he's he's not quite Julio Franco. Oh my! Who God. hit his final home run there too when he was with the Mets? <laughs> that's crazy oh uh, it is and, and i did not know cano signed in san diego here's one thing i like about it though and jim let me throw this one at you veteran left-handed bat in between machado and tatis yeah but they're i i think that thing with the Padres right now is they're going out and trying to get way too many names as opposed to to players and it all started with the Hosmer deal a few years ago mm -hmm. hey did you guys notice Mike Clevenger was wearing pigtails the other day yep <laughs> <laughs> he's always been a lunatic though yeah yeah here's another thing we touched on before too Willie how about your boy Trevor Bauer and that suspension yeah, I, I talked about that. Um, I talked about that in a couple shows ago, and he's going to get another chance, believe it or not. He's going to get another chance. After two years, he's going to get another chance. That's a lot of innings not on his arm. Exactly. But not only that, he's one of the best in the game. Yeah. He, it's not like he's, um, give me a mediocre pitcher, anybody. Garrett Cole. 
<laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm just going to start calling you Ric Flair. You're the dirtiest thing <laughs> in the game. You're just low-going guys all night. Exactly. Exactly. Listen, they don't, they don't call me to Petty Rican for nothing. Right. No, I think that – and the fact that he was not guilty – well, I shouldn't say not guilty. The fact that he wasn't convicted. Charged. Yeah, charged. Yeah. There's a difference between the two because I don't know if you guys saw it. Like a week later after that, another lady came out and said the same thing that the first lady said. Yep. So where there's smoke, there's fire. There's fire. Where there's fire, there's a barbecue grill. Hey, well, at least in my house. <laughs> you're, you're, listen, the big part of the Big Recon is not because um, uh, is not because uh, I have a giant ego. It's I'm a big dude. So when you say barbecue grill, I got you. Well, listen, Willie, I want to thank you for your time. You have been a wonderful guest. I will get to you with the Big Recon show, uh, baseball show. But hey, look at this. You want this one? Or? Or we have I have the Blocko for Ohio State, which, again, Jim was going to Hulk Hogan his if I gave it to him. I have a black one with the, the Cavaliers version of my logo that you've seen with mm-hmm. the shield and the sword. Actually, show, Jim, show, that's the one Jim got. God. Was that one there? Oh, that's dope. Yeah. So when I do the next run, I got to get you one. I got to get John one. Okay. There's the Browns one, which is the orange dog face on a brown T-shirt. Yeah, I'm so with just that. let me know. Just let me know which one. I, it's going to be a little bit because I got to spread some stuff out. But yeah, I got to get you guys. Alex got the Mets one because he's always been the baseball guy, and I got the row seven shirt for him. And of course, Jim is the one that made that for me. That I, I wear this like every day. Okay. Yeah, I, I like so, that one that Jim has. The Cavaliers one. I got yeah. you. Yeah, I got you, Willie. Thank you again so much for coming in. We'll talk to you soon. All right, man. Y'all be good. Talk to you soon. It's been a Take pleasure, buddy. All right. Bye-bye. So he's always fun. And I'm sorry I kind of took that over with going with him. It's just. No, that's. No, dude, trust me, dude. It's well, well worth it. Oh, yeah. Anytime, anytime, to- anytime Willie wants to come on, you make time for Willie. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. And the cool thing about him is, like us, he's interested in more than just the one. Like, he really. The brothers of baseball show, and then the family, uh, the um, the family of baseball extra frames one that him, Natalie, and I do. That's where I met him, and where he did a lot of stuff. But he's gotten into him, and I've talked. I mean, he was on the Ohio State show, talking about Michigan and Ohio State. Um, he does NFL stuff. I did a pre-season episode with him last year, where he had a bunch of people on, a bunch of us from Cleveland. Believe it or not, we're Browns fans. Uh, so always good to have Willie on. Um, so let's, we got about 10 more minutes on this. Cause I hear there's a certain someone who still hasn't gone to sleep yet. <laughs> uh, but let's dive into your NHL playoffs. A couple of game sevens coming up, including, um, uh, the hurricanes, uh, will host game seven against Boston. Is that tomorrow Correct. night? Correct. And actually, according to right now, your, uh, your Rangers, 3-3 in the third against Pittsburgh. Uh, Rangers win. There's game seven. End of the second right now. The President's Trophy winning 
Florida Panthers 1-1 against the Capitals. Florida looking to close out there. And then we got uh, Calgary and Dallas tonight. That one's 3-2. Think about this. If the Stars, and I actually kind of almost wish we would have brought this up with Willie because Willie actually, I uh, Willie sent out a thing not long ago about who can teach me hockey. And it's, um, yeah, it's, uh, and I said, dude, just watch a game with me. Although the problem is, is it actually would have been me subjecting to watching a Stars game, knowing how diehard of a Blues fan I am. But nice. if you think about this, the only two teams that have advanced so far are the Colorado Avalanche, who swept the Nashville Predators, and my Blues uh, took out the Minnesota Wild in six. The Blues actually in that series, after losing game two to fall, I'm sorry, game three to fall down 2 1, only trailed for 18 minutes and 16 seconds of games. Wow. Three, four, five, and six. Wow. I'm sorry, games four, five, and six in route to that. If the Dallas Stars, Washington Capitals, and New York Rangers win, we are going to have, and, and, and get your popcorn ready for this Sidney Crosby. Connor McDavid, Johnny Gaudreau, the two-time defending Stanley Cup champion Tampa Bay Lightning, Austin Matthews, and the President's Trophy winning Panthers all going to Game 7 in the first round. And that's wow. just, and that's not even including the Carolina-Boston series. Which is big because Boston, I think, is a team that's built for the postseason. Just look, I looked a little bit at their roster, plus my, brother-in-law, my brothers-in-law are both Boston fans. Um, although, although we actually, uh, we're, we're friends with them going way, way back. It's, uh, uh, how many, how many more pictures can, can, can our boy Seth Landisman, you know, post of him at, at, at Carolina games this season? I think he's doing it more for the beard blog he's doing. <laughs> uh, we got to actually do a high school. Re- we got to get him. We got to get rice. We got to get a whole bunch of people. We got to do the old, uh, BHS reunion. That's got to be oh, one. No, we got to have your brother on first. Would my brother actually come on to talk sports, though? He'd probably want to talk wrestling. If we did it on your page and we could be uncensored, I think Frank would do it. Yeah, it's if I see him tomorrow night, I'm, I'm going to certainly broach that. Broach that topic because I would do a wrestling show with you guys. Yeah, it's uh, but we, we got to go. We got to go. Get we gotta we got to watch it. We got to get you to watch a little bit of AEW, though, even if we it's gotta just go, like YouTube clips. We got to go old school and start with the Boiler Room Brawl from the arena in 95 or 96. Yeah, we'll throw some ECW in there. <laughs> so, so let me, go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say, what, uh, you said you wanted to ask me something earlier. What was it? Yeah, it's on. Um, let's actually go back to baseball here for a minute. You said you were actually oh, on a piece that your I did. blog. Yes. Yeah. Your blog. I didn't get a chance to read it yet, nor did I get a chance to watch the video. But let's spend the last five minutes. Let's talk about what your, what your uh, latest entry was on that. I did not see what happened. I do not tune into those people from that borough. Um, I hear about them because people watch them. But what happened the other night? It's a 3 nothing game, bottom of the sixth. Blue Jays are up in the Bronx. Giancarlo Stanton hits a three-run homer to that step stool of a left field wall. Yeah, left field's farther than right field, but go on. It's it it's still it's um 
Did you ever see the movie Mr. Baseball with Tom Selleck? Love that movie. The the stat came out that when Stanton hit this ball into the into left field, it would have not gotten out in left field in any other park in baseball, and it would have actually just been a long single. The what what was the line when he actually started taking batting practice in Japan for the first time? I could pee over that fence. Yes. So Stanton hits the three-run home run, drives the Yankee faithful into a frenzy. Relief pitcher for uh, the the Blue Jays, who actually gave up the home run, Garcia, uh, Yimi mm -hmm. Garcia. Yep. On the second pitch to the next hitter, Josh Donaldson, hits him in the upper part of the left arm. But you have to pitch Donaldson up and in in order to get him out. The Yankees go ballistic, thinking it was intentional. Okay. And crybabies. The umpires tossed him. No warning. <sighs> Two innings later, the Jays are up 5-4. Still batting. And... The um, and the Yankees throw inside on one of the Jays hitters. I can't remember which one it was. And Toronto's manager and uh, immediately questions why he didn't get run, why the Yankee reliever didn't get run, because it, it, that one actually looked, you know, it looked a lot. It, it neither one looked intentional, but uh, but the one that the Yankees threw inside on Toronto on definitely looked. It uh, could have been interpreted a lot more than Garcia going in on Donaldson for their trouble. Toronto's manager and their pitching coach then get tossed again. There's not a warning that's been issued. Has this been? With some of the controversies we've seen and short hooks by umpires and blown calls, has this been worse in the first month than the entire NFL season last year? Because it's been bad. Let's start here. Um, let's start with the New York Mets have been hit the most in Major League Baseball. There still has not been an ejection. Yes. Let's start with one of the players from the Mets for pushing a guy out of the way got thrown out a few weeks ago. But the coach who came off the bench and tackled Pete Alonso from behind didn't even get a fine. It's not you that know, the umpire in that brawl a couple of weeks ago only got a game. Yeah, and he's a big baby. I told you that. Yeah, and, and, and me, me as a Cardinals fan, yeah, I'm going to stick up for my guy. But yeah, so I felt I thought that you know one game was was very light for that. Yeah, considering it didn't need to be. It, you again, you have to pitch Arenado inside to get him out. So any season that has Angel Hernandez on the baselines is a bad season. Thank you. I actually gone. have here Angel Hernandez is the I have it on my notes. Angel Hernandez is the worst official in the Big Four sporting leagues. We thought it was going to get better when Joe West retired. We were wrong. Um look, I will say this about the umpiring. It has been bad. Um, I am more angry that I don't know if you saw it, but 
Dom Smith had a strike called on him. It was a breaking ball that went around the plate. It was actually almost in the right-handed batter's box, and it got called a strike. Max Scherzer got tossed from the bench. I saw that, yeah. I mean, and listen, there are certain players who get a pass when they're talking strike zones. I think a guy with nearly 3,000 strikeouts and the second most 10 strikeout games in Major League Baseball history knows the strike zone pretty well. Let him go. Um, it's been bad. It hasn't been good at all. It's been really bad, and I I don't know what they can do to fix it. You're talking to robot umpires. No, because when you uniform the strike zone, you're going to take all the you're going to take all the um, strategy out of pitching. You know what? I actually have that here. Is at the very least, with the, I mean, do they actually, you know, try to configure it? Do they maybe kind of use a model like what ESPN does or, or you know, Fox, where they kind of tailor it to the hitter? Um, See, the, the thing as that, opposed to keep it uniform, it's uh, because if that, you think about it, you're still going to need a home plate umpire for, you know, foul tips into the glove or, or close plays at plays the plate. At the it's, plate. Not, it's 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 not like these guys are going to be completely eliminated to where you're not going to need them. Here's here's what my thing is on it. And yes, it's been bad. Yes, they need to do something. But when I became an umpire, and you know, South Duke baseball, they taught you letters to knees, plate. You can uniform the strike zone and not take the, the um not take the strategy out of pitching. Because when you have a strike zone that you, you chest to knees, inside, outside corner, is the guy going to miss a call in the outside corner? Yeah, but he'll miss it on both sides. A pitcher will get a call, a hitter will get a call. You And when that happens, as a pitcher, you know you can go an inch off the outside corner and get a strike, which means a guy's going to have to swing, which means now you've got a pitch you can get a guy out on. Same thing on the on the converse, on the inside corner. The high strike is not called enough, in my opinion. That would mitigate some of these circumstances because now you got guys calling balls on the shins when you're supposed to use the bottom of the knees because you're not getting the high strike. So they, oh, well, you know what? I, the high strike, whatever. I'm going to just get it lower. It's just as bad. They need to do something. But what I think they need to do is, first things first, you need to have a uniform rule and code when it comes to throwing guys out for throwing at people. You got to give a warning every time. Mm-hmm. Prime example: Last year, Mets Yankees uh, ser- Subway Series uh, weekend of nine eleven. You got the third game. Lindor hits three home runs. Mets win, uh, but they had a bench clearing incident. They accused the Yankees of whistling, who also were cheating too. But we don't go there. They're accusing the Yankees of whistling because t- the guy was tipping pitches. And when Lindor hit his second home run, he did this to Gio Urshela. Saying, yeah, you want to whistle, go ahead. We're still going to beat you. And then Stanton hit one and started talking. And then you see him and Baez, those two crazy Puerto Ricans. And then it turned into dodgeball. Yeah. Exactly. It doesn't need to turn into dodgeball. What it needs to turn into is, okay, when you have a situation like that, give a warning before the game. You do something. And you can't tell a pitcher he can't throw inside because he's got to get guys out. Yeah, because the problem was with with the with the Toronto and Yankees game the other night. And I'll actually try and send you the video after – uh, you know, probably sometime tomorrow, is that the the crew chief for that game um, 
got reported by the uh, uh, was reported to him by the home plate umpire because the crew chief was at first base that night that Donaldson and uh, Toronto catcher Tyler Heineman were kind of saying stuff to each other. Now remember, uh, now Heineman and 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 um, Donaldson were not teammates when Donaldson was with the Blue Jays four years ago, and the decision was made to toss Garcia to diffuse the situation before it got worse. Um, here's a guy who just gave up a three-run homer and hit a guy on the second pitch in a tie game in the sixth inning. What about He's not throwing that at him. Reads, ten, uh, reads intent? Yeah, no, he wasn't throwing at him. And again, Donaldson's swing, its he's got a borderline left-handed hitter swing. He goes down really well. Gets the, They call him the bringer of rain because he hits the ball in a mile in the air. So you got to pitch him up and you got to pitch him in. Yeah, I mean it was it out. was like it was like getting him here, but I mean Garcia said, and, and we've seen this a lot in baseball this year. He said the he said the ball just got away from him, and there's a lot of pitchers that are coming. Bassett out said it too. Way too slick. Yeah, Bassett said it too. A couple of the guys, even Seashack uh, from the Nationals, said something about yep. it after he hit Lindor in the face. Um, you and I could do a whole show on this one, but I have actually got to wrap this up now. Mm-hmm. So, Jim, outside of the next two weeks, what do we got? What, out of two weeks from now, what do you got boiling up? Uh, we're actually, I'm going to do a little bit of a, um, kind of a, a, an impromptu playoff thing. It's not going to go on the blog. It might actually go on the YouTube channel. I might actually put that up tomorrow. Um, I want to actually see how the three games shake out tonight. Uh, Rangers win five, three. So there will be game seven on Sunday. Um, but we'll talk about that. Capitals are up two one, trying to even that one up and Calgary and Dallas just got started. Um, but it's, it's just going to be. Uh, kind of winging it. We'll actually do a little bit of um, we'll do a little bit of baseball. It's I mean I've been writing about that a little bit more, uh, but really it's uh, this is where I'm actually you know really starting to get focused on uh, the NHL for regardless of even what my you know even if my Blues get let's say swept against the Avalanche, which I which hope to God that doesn't happen. But got you does. Um, but but again, we'll be back in we'll be back in two weeks as well, and and we're gonna go off we're gonna go off and we're gonna have some fun. We're gonna have yes, we are, and I I will actually come at everybody hopefully next week with that Mets episode I've been trying to get done for the last few weeks. But signing off for the first half of the May episode of the Wise Guy Sports Show for JC Bluno, I am the Big Recon, and let me tell you something. We'll see you in two weeks. Have a lot of fun, guys. And if you don't get the second one, Happy Memorial Day. Oh, we're Woo! going four horsemen.